Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Howdy folks, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Stalgic Podcast. I'm your host, Luke the Human. Hope you're doing well, hope you're all good, as per usual. Uh, before I get into today's topic, just a bit of housekeeping. Um, make sure that you follow me on Twitter, well, formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, uh, as Elon Musk would like us all uh, to say, but we all know it being Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow me on there, at nerdstalgic underscore pod, to be kept up to date on basically everything, anything that I'm doing. Also, if you listen to this on YouTube and you haven't yet, make sure that you like, comment and subscribe and all that jazz. And make sure you ring that bell to be notified whenever I post a new uh, episode. Um, so now the housekeeping's out the way. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at Ice Age 4 Continental Drift. Uh, this is to follow on from... Uh, well, depends on when I... Well, from when I record this. I haven't released it yet. Um, but if I had done it properly... Um, Rio has already come out. The review for that's already out for that. So, firing on from Rio and Horton is a Who and all the other Ice Age movies that I've looked at, um, I'm carrying on my Blue Sky Studios uh, series. For anybody who's new uh, to the podcast, welcome. But if you are new, to give you a good sort of introduction to what this series is, uh, basically, a couple of months ago to last year, I basically decided that I wanted to look back at Blue Sky Studios as they had recently um, been dissolved by Disney after uh, Disney bought Fox. And I thought it was a bit of a shame because um, Blue Sky was a real cornerstone of my childhood. And it's just a shame to see them go. And so I wanted to highlight their work because, again, believe it or not, even though Ice Age was, was huge, that's all people really know them for, really. Um, and they made a big splash and they were here for a good few good. 20 years or about that um and then they just was gone so i wanted to look back on on their movies on their small catalog of films and just uh reminisce really so that's kind of the idea behind this series um as for this movie i'll be honest with you i don't have much memories like if you've listened if you're new to the to the uh podcast you, you probably haven't and i would recommend to go back and to listen to my reviews of Ice Age 1, Ice Age 2, and Ice Age 3. I went the other Blue Sky, you know, any of the episodes, really, but specifically the Ice Age ones. Um, for any, So if, if you're going to do that now, or if you have done that, you will know that um, I'm just more of a big fan of the first Ice Age movie, and I feel like after Ice Age 1, they didn't have to make more um, films, but they just did, which, again, I make, it makes sense because... Like, for example, Ice Age 4, right? So this movie made, in total, at the box office, right, um, $879.7 million, right? Um, so, it, you know, it, it makes sense as to why they kept making these movies. They just kept making money, and people kept going to see them. Like, I kept watching them. I never went to see them in the cinema, but if they were on TV, I would watch them, you know. Uh, I, I had the video games. I had the movies. You know, I was one, you know, I once a young fan, but even from watching Ice Age 1 um, and growing up with them, even I 
you know, have matured and sort of grown to feel like, yeah, Ice Age 1 was kind of the, the perfect Ice Age movie. And they didn't need to make more, but they did because that's money, that's the business, that's just how it works. Um, but I'm just really sour because I'm, I love robots and robots never got a sequel. Um, and, you know, again, I reviewed Rio um, and I liked Rio, I had a fun time with it. Didn't really feel like it needed a sequel, but that movie got a re- got a sequel, Rio 2, but robots didn't. I'm still very sour on that and I know I'll never get one. But again, if you ever if you get round to or if you had listened to my um, robots review, you'll know that I feel like that movie doesn't need a sequel. I would like one, yes, I would, um, but it doesn't need one, you know. And that's kind of my argument. I'm going off in a bit of a tandem here, but that's kind of my argument with like Pixar. It's the reason why I love Pixar so much for so long, and it's the same, uh, you know, DreamWorks. Uh, why I love them for so long, um, and I still love them now. Don't get me wrong, but they made one and done movies. You had one movie, it told a story. The next movie was something different. And again, you know, Toy Story 1, 2, they work. And, yeah, Toy Story 3 works. And again, Toy Story 4, I went to the cinemas to watch that. And each one of them made me cry like a little girl. But the point I'm trying to make is the fact of they made original movies. And they did that for a long time. And then, they, and then you know, they start doing the sequels and then more sequels. And it's like, okay, you know. Like I'm a big fan of Wally. That's one of my favourite uh, Pixar movies. I've got Wally figures. I've got Wally teddies. I've got Wally cups. I've got the movie on Blu-ray. I love Wally, right? I've even got the game on Xbox. I, re- I reviewed the video game. You know, I'm a big fan of Wally, right? That movie is perfect on its own. Doesn't need a sequel. Would I like to see more from it? Of course I would. I'm a fan, right? But as a fan, I understand what it is and on the story it tells, and I also understand that it it does what it needs to do. And that's it. I have a start, middle and end and I don't need to see anymore. I would like to, but I don't need to. And that's how I feel kind of with Ice Age. And they kept making them. And you had Ice Age 2, which was all right. Not great. I prefer Ice Age 3. Ice Age 3 had a bit of a slow beginning, but eventually as soon as they got the dinosaurs in, that's when it started getting a bit interesting. And sort of they introduced Buck. And I love Buck. He's one of my favorite characters in the Ice Age franchise. And it's very much the fact of... So, you know, we, we finally got the dinosaurs we've we've you know we've manny has got the family back he's now got a child at the end of ice age 3 even though i feel like they didn't need to be any more movies i would say ice age 3 ends the story well like everybody has you know everybody has a resolution you know everybody has some sort of moment where it's like okay i realize who i am i realize my my place in the pride and i'm happy and that's it but again money talks business talks and because of that they just kept making these films and this is where we end ourselves now at ice age Four: continental drift because i'm going to ask a question where do you go after you've introduced dinosaurs i'll give you one guess um and if you said pirates you're damn right because obviously makes sense why else would where else would you go after dinosaurs you'd go straight to pirates um and again you know i make fun i love pirates i love dinosaurs um it's it's (laughs) I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I haven't seen this movie as much as I've seen the other I say the other three Ice Age films. Um, all I remember it is that they had pirates. We have pirates now, um, kind of like Palpatine. Somehow Palpatine lived, and like somehow we have dinosaurs. Uh, you know, somehow we have dinosaurs now, which kind of makes sense with the dinosaurs. But like somehow we have pirates now, which is like okay. And from what I remember of of, of this story, because um, I haven't watched it, I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it in a minute after I do this introduction. Um, but from what I remember, uh, the continents are starting to drift apart. 
which means the ice is breaking, which means the ocean is starting to basically become into... Well, the ocean's already been there, but, you know, because of the, the ice melting, that the, the oceans are starting to unfreeze and are coming basically an ocean now, and the continents are starting to drift apart. And, you know, you hear Manny and Diego, Sid, and Sid's grandmother, I believe, is involved, is introduced and involved. Um, and now they're on the high sea, stuck on a, a piece of ice, and if I remember correctly, then they meet pirates, which I have many questions um, how that works, how like they've only just start the contents have only just started to pull apart. But all of a sudden, you now have pirates and piracy. Um, I know it's a kid's movie. I shouldn't be digging into it. And I'm more than likely I will in the review because that's just the type of person I am. And if you, you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know, I do this all the time. So it's not new to my, my um, current listeners. For anybody new, strap in because it's going to get. I'm going to go way too deep in a movie for kids, right? It it always happens. And I, I try not to do it, but I just, I can't help it. I go into these rabbit holes and I keep going. Um, but yeah, we've had pirates, you know, we, we, you know, we have dinosaurs and I think the last movie, there's an asteroid and space and aliens. Why not? You know, let's just throw some cat at the wall and, and, and see what sticks, you know? But again, it's a kid's movie. So there's not really much more you can... Um, comment um as for the synopsis i'm going to try and do my um my cool um voiceover guy voice um this one's like because it's an animated kids movie i'm not going to go the deep one i'm going to keep it a bit light-hearted right so the storyline the synopsis over vo- the uh, voiceover guy here we go right when scrap accidentally provokes a continental catalyst Ugh. Catalyst with a storm, Manny is separated from Ellie and peaches on an iceberg with Diego, Sid and Granny, but he promises that he will find a way to return home. While crossing the ocean, they are captured by the cruel pirate Captain Gut and his crew. However, they escape and Manny p- plots a plan to steal Captain Gut's ship and return to his homeland in a dangerous voyage through the sea. Well, Cross the sea, but anyway. Um, but the cruel pirates seek revenge against Manny and his family and friends. Yeah, I messed up at the beginning there. Uh, the word uh, catalyst, yeah, that word, um, really struck my dyslexia for a second there. Um, and I lost it, but I, I think I held it quite well halfway for the rest of it. Um, but yeah, so that is the sort of synopsis of the movie. As for usually at this point, before I sort of end the introduction, I would do the um, production and talk about how um, the production that went into the ideas and concepts of, of how this movie went in, was made and, and all that sort of jazz. Um, but as for the first time ever, and I'm quite surprised about this, for more my research, I couldn't find anything on the production, not on Wikipedia, not on um, any of the sort of nerd wiki forums, nowhere online. All I could really find was every time they had something to do with production, it was all the same, basically, stuff. It's like somebody had cop and pasted it everywhere. It was just that the um, the first details of the sequel were announced on January the 10th, 2010, um, and that apparently Blue Sky was working on a full film, and that uh, the movie was then made in that came out in July thir- the 13th, 2012. And that's all I could really find for the production. Um, so instead Dead, I'm we're going to look at the box office. The quick well, the critical response, the overall response um from people, uh, to kind of get an idea of, of how uh, not just reviewers, but how the public really 
took uh, this film, considering it made almost a billion um, dollars, just to see what critics and the audience um, thought about it. So, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the film has approval rating of 37% based on 136 reviews and an average rating of 5.1 out of 10. Uh, the site's critical consensus reads, uh, Ice Age Continental Drift 3D. Oh, this movie was in 3D, by the way. Because it was during the craze of all the 3D movies. I'm not going to watch it in 3D because who has a 3D TV anymore? Remember when 3D TVs were a craze? Yeah, I really show my age here. Anyway, um, I stage content of Drift 3D um, has moments of charm and witty slapstick, but is often, but it often seems content to recycle ideas from the previous films. Um, on Metacritic, uh, the film has a score of 49 out of 100 based on 29 critics, indicating mixed or average reviews. Audiences polled by Cinema Score gave the film an average grade of minus A um, on an A plus to F scale. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film two stars out of four and stated, Watching this film was a cheerless exercise for me. The characters are manic and idiotic. The dialogue is rat-a-tat-tat. The the action is entirely at the service of the 3D and the movie depends on bright colours, lots of noise and a few songs in between uh, the whiplash moments. Uh, Megan Lawman of The Hollywood Reporter said, It's familiar, drawn-out, schlick. And and the humour lacks the subtlety of the first and best Ice Age, but there are some visually inventive uh, reports. I really like Megan because she says the first and best, which is the first Ice Age movie. And I completely agree with you, Megan. First time I've ever agreed with a reviewer, well, a, well, not a reviewer, should I say, a um, movie critic, to give them a proper word, because I never usually agree with them. It's probably the first time I'd ever agree with any of them on anything ever. Um, you know, so Mark and the characters, Luke's actually agreed with a critic for once. Um, but yeah, yeah, first one, amazing. Yeah, see, she knows. She knows what we're talking about. Don't take my word of it. Take Megan Lomans of The Hollywood Reporter's word for it. Anyway, um, then we had Simon Brew. Uh, writing for Den of Geek, uh, gave a very positive four-star review, saying that not only is Ice Age 4 arguably the best in the franchise yet, uh, it also, it's also a little surprisingly, perhaps given that it's a fourth move in the franchise, turned around on a strict cycle, turned out to to be thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining family blockbuster. Um, Ollie Richards of Empire Magazine gave the film three out of five stars and wrote, old friends and new voice talent will delight kids with a never-ending love for the most under, under, uh, undermanding animation out there. A mega books franchise drifts on. So that's a critical response. Uh, again, I do apologise about the production. I did try my best to find anything on the production, but I just... There's nothing. They all just tend to repeat themselves. Um, But yeah, so that is my introduction of Ice Age Continental Drift. Am I really looking forward to it? Uh, Yes and no, because I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And I do like pirates, you know, and I do like Peter Dinklage. And he's the the, uh, voice actor of of Captain uh, Gut, you know. So, yeah, you know, my interest is there somewhat. Um, I don't have high hopes for it, and I would tell you, um, your beans now, don't have your your your, uh, you know, your aspirations high because I'm going to knock down some walls. I'm sure because I'm, I'll be surprised if I do like it. I'm surprised if if I sit here and go, oh, it's a masterpiece. Probably won't. But you know, I always try to stay positive. I always try to even things I don't like. I always try to see the, the upside to them. You know, so yeah, Ice Age for Continental Drift. Let's go watch it, shall we? Let's. 
give it a go. Just when I thought I was done, they pull me back in. <laughs> I've just finished watching Ice Age 4. And again, those sentiments, I was taking the mick, but generally those sentiments are true. I generally thought I was done, that I wasn't going to enjoy this one. But Ice Age and being such a big fan of it, it pulled me back in just when I thought, that's it, I, I'm not going to enjoy it. And I did. And I try my best to explain why. Um I'm not saying I'm not saying it's better than the other films and like that, but like there there are things in here that are even though it didn't need to be made, there are things in here that are like oh you know generally I enjoy that so, you know so just when I thought I was done or just when I, just when you've been thought that you were done, we're being pulled back in because they did it again with Ice Age, and here we are reviewing it once again for the fourth time. Close to the end now. We have one more film after this, right? So it will end eventually, I promise. But for now, Ice Age 4, right? So, um, again, once again, uh, the lovable Scrat is back to wreck the day. Now, I, I love that they do this. I love that they bring Scrat for the beginning of the movie because it not only sort of sets the scene for um, the movie, but also sets up the events of what is to come. You know, uh, for like Ice Age uh, 2, they mostly did it from Ice Age 2. Ice Age 1 was mostly just, it was like a, a joke, really, like a, a, a little rat scrap trying to bury his nut. Next thing you know, he parts the ice like the Red Sea, and then all of the people on the mass migration start to leave to go where it's colder, where all the other ice is melting. It's the same for Ice Age 2. He cracks the ice. Um, it all starts to sort of melt and concave, and that starts the big meltdown. I say tree. Um, he's off trying to find his, his his nut. He finds it. Another girl finds it, and he finds himself underground with the sort of dinosaurs. So he doesn't really start that one, but again, he's there's a it gives a reason for him being there and and him showing up around there as well. But still, you know, I love how we get scrap at the beginning of these movies because it kind of sets the tone, sets the scene of like, yeah, like racking Ice Age. It feels good. It feel it feels. Nice. It feels like, again, like a warm coat, you know, pardon the pun because it's Ice Age, but like a warm coat being put on and you're ready for the adventure that is to come. And uh, here, this is no different. Uh, again, Scrat comes in, finds his nut, uh, tries to bury it. He's like he's learned from his mistakes. There's cracks in the ground straight away. He pulls it up. and He's like, oh, no. He reminds me of Mr. Bean. One of the reasons Mr. Bean works and reason why Mr. Bean is so widely loved, universally sort of favoured by so many people around the world um, is because it's it's a silent film and because there's no language, it's because there's no sort of uh, words being spoken and it's all emotive that you know what he feels and how and what he's doing just by his facial expressions or how he's moving and that sort of thing. It's the same with Scrat. It's a fact of we've gotten to the, to the point now for all these movies that we know when he's happy, you know, when he's sad, know when he's angry, know when he's stressed, know when, um, like, when he's, like, found his desire with his nut, he's like, ah, oh! and when he's sad, he's like, oh, you know, so we we know the, the, um, the mannerisms now, so whenever you see it, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, scrap back, so again, it feels good, and I can see why um, Blue Sky Studios used him as a mascot, because it just worked, it, it really did sort of good to set the tone, um, and again, he finds his nut, buries it, sees cracks oh no moves it back and then he slowly starts to what is his obsession i know uh, rats and animals and rodents that sort of thing they tend to hide and, and things for the winter um but why didn't he just eat it i know that's not the point 
but he could just eat it. He's got an obsession with burying his nut, and each time he just ruins the, the world. This time, no different. He does it. Big crap falls through. He falls through all of the different layers of the earth, different crusts of the mantle and all that, straight to the earth's core. Um, and the earth's core is made out of a solid block of iron. Um, and he runs on top of it, and him running around it, and him um, jumping up and down and hitting the, the other sort of outer layer. Um makes this continental drift which is kind of not again not logically this is not what happened don't like i'm okay this didn't happen in real life obviously but the whole idea of continental shift that did happen as we know this is why we have continents this is why we like america's uh, all the way over there and europe is how big it is and your australia and all the other um different islands um around the pacific you know it, it did happen obviously not like this but I, I like how it all sets up as like scratch is the reason why we have so many so uh, continents because originally it was just pangaea it was a giant supercontinent and then eventually through crustal displacement and earthquakes and things like that because uh, the plates the, the plates on, on are always moving the tectonic plates are always move that's why we have earthquakes and things like that and um even though that it's stable now, they, it could an earthquake big enough could really change the poles and change uh, where certain islands and where certain um, plates are. You know, so we're always so the planet is alive, so it's always constantly moving. So we could have another continental drift eventually. Hypothetically, it could happen. Um, we've got nothing to do to stop it. If it happens, it happens. Think. Um, like for example, the San Francisco fault line, you know, that is due for an earthquake to be shifted, um, and it hasn't yet, and it will do eventually. Um, not to scare anybody who, who's listening to this who lives in San Francisco, um, just be ready to to book it, you know, when you feel the first sign of a rumble. Just saying. Um, but I liked how they so they brought Scrat into it. Like Scrat is the reason as to why uh, the continental shift happened. So I like that sort of thing. Again, it's nice. It, it really sort of sets the scene of like, okay, we're ready for an adventure, we're ready for another ice age extravaganza. Um, have a little. It's like um, how can we explain it? It's like the opening act before the big play. You know, you get the person to come in to really get the crowd warmed up, and then once they do their thing, then the main sort of act comes on, and that's when you get a good hour or so of joyous fun. And then the show's over, and that's how I like to think of Scrat. Really, is the opener before the main event. Um, uh, now to get on to the actual meat of the review um, as I said at the beginning I enjoyed the beginning of this movie more than Dawn of the Dinosaurs um, it really gets going into the action a lot more quicker um, than the first movie does because the problem with, well not the first movie but the last movie Dawn of the Dinosaurs um, it doesn't really slow down no, like or any at all um, because one thing that I had an issue with Dawn of the Dinosaurs, even though I enjoyed it for the most part, I didn't enjoy the beginning, is because this one didn't focus on like a mini Sid adventure, like Sid trying to be a father. It didn't focus on Diego. It didn't focus on a mini adventure with Manny. It didn't focus on a mini adventure with any of them. Yes, you could say Peachy, she's grown up now, she's a teenager. She had her own little tiny little mini sort of adventure where she was trying to meet up with um the young lad the young sort of mammoths and try to be cool and that sort of thing but i wouldn't say it was as long as the sid adventure of him looking after the eggs and him being a father and all that um it was mostly just to the point it got to it it got going because i don't i'm not interested in seeing 
a Diego spin-off. I'm not interested in a Manny spin-off. The reason why these movies work and the reason why they were so beloved was because of the herd, because they work better as a group. Yes, they each one of them had their own comedic moments, um, but on their own, it didn't work as much as when they were together. And the only person who really works well on their own is Scrap because he was made to always work on his own, him and his nut, you know, him having craving to get his nut, you know, that sort of thing. That's why that works compared to um, it doesn't work when Sid goes off and does his own adventure and that sort of thing. You know, so I like this movie for that, that we don't get sort of the long winded, oh, Sid's trying to be a father and all that. And Manny trying to deal with being a new father and all this jazz. Like, you don't really get that. You just mostly uh, pictures of grown up. She's now a teenager. Um, again, Manny's a bit paranoid and all that, as you would be being a father. But it's not there for ages. It's there. And then the continent start to pass. Man Manny, Sid, Diego and Granny are all sort of brought away, shifted away from the from uh, Peaches and um Ah God I forgot her name. I remember all of them, but I forgot Manny's go wife's girlfriend's name. Um her. Queen Latifah. Late yeah, Queen Latifah the lady she voices, the mama she voices. Um they're stuck on one side and like the adventure goes off. And that's what I like. It's the fact of we've finally been able to Get with this whole mini adventures, get with this whole huge herd sort of thing. And it really takes it back to the origins, really, the original team where you just had Diego, Sid and Manny, again, as well as Granny, which who is my new addition to the team because Granny is just awesome. You know, it's it, I love it. I, I love Granny. I love I'll probably say I love her just as much as I love Buck, just because her zany craziness and, and some of the random things she comes out, out of. Um, some of the things she's come out of, I'm sure most of our grandparents have said and come out with um and it's most things when you have you when you have your grandparents and they say these crazy things you just go okay grandpa great grandma come on over here you know what i mean as they slowly start to get older and they slowly start to lose their marbles but you love them all the same you know um so i i really like granny but it's nice to have the team back as the original trio you know the original sort of you just had sid manny and diego trying to get back to their herds coming back to land really um and it's a nice sort of quick adventure uh, the whole pirate theme works as well uh, i wasn't a bit sure like, i've seen this movie before um but again it's been a long time since i've seen it and i, I think this movie came out in 2012 so i was in senior school um two years before i actually left school um so i was sort of in my problem of being a teenager i I, not that I didn't like cartoons, but I think it was most of the fact of I, I had other things um, that were kind of took my mind off it. And um, I was focusing on other things that at the time I thought were more important. But now I'm 25, weren't really that important. But when you're in school, well, we've all been to school. We all know what I'm talking about, the things that we focus on then that aren't important, um, but were at the time. And... I see now, sort of watching it now, the whole pirate theme, it works. I like it. You know, it makes sense, again, with the whole continental drift thing. Again, like I said in the introduction, it doesn't make total sense, the idea of did, again, not that the movie has to explain this because, again, it's a kid's film and I'm going too deep into it than I should do. Um, but it doesn't really explain if Captain Gutt and his team were already sailing the seas before the continental drift happened or... Did it as the fact of the continental side happen 
and then within the events it started happened to it finally got to um, north america which is where ice age where as we find out ice age has always been set um then we find out sort of um has like how long has it always been going on like it doesn't really make sense of how this team of pirates have been doing this for so long and again i'm nitpicking i'm, I'm going a bit too deep into it because no, again it, it does i'm answering my own question it doesn't need to explain it it doesn't but I'd, i'm just a stickler for those extra bits of details but it, it it's not important the point is right that the whole pirate thing it makes sense i understand why they went with it because again if they're going to be out to see it kind of makes sense you'd have pirates so i get it and it's fun like people like dinosaurs people like pirates right the whole treasure island and um i you know i love assassin's creed black flag i love pirate games i love the pirates of the caribbean movies i love pirates grew up with them everybody loves pirates right sea shanties this film's got them we do they do a sea, a sea shanty um peter dinklage really shows his his pipes um, all the whole the whole crew get involved. It's great. We have swashbuckling. We have the epic fighting between pirates and Manny and Sid and Diego. Fun, love it. Uh, we have uh, pirate ships, well icebergs, but pirate iceberg ship things. Love it. They're there. We have um, Scrap on his on a journey for buried treasure. He finds a map that is going to lead him to his ultimate sort of desire, which is. Um, his ultimate treasure which is tons of nuts and that that is what he's always wanted so he's on his own adventure trying to find them where there are banshees um trying to uh, lure lonely sailors from their ships into the sea so they can um eat them you know we have that they they, they really lean into the whole sort of pirate aesthetic of it um and i can really sort of commend it for that um also it you know it was nice to have an overall bad guy um like like the first film because in the first movie we had the overall bad guys which were the saber tooth tigers i can't remember the name of, of the head sort of bad guy um but his leader of his pack obviously sends diego off to get the uh, little boy uh, the baby um he, he obviously diego doesn't do it he defects to the to manny and sid and he has his own little herd uh, and then sort of we get that overall arc in sort of bad guy bad sort of team and then since then, the overall bad guy, apart from we had a few bad guys here and there, like sort of the um, Vulture in the second movie and obviously Rudy in the third film. I don't count Rudy because, again, Rudy's not an overarching bad guy. Neither is the uh, Crow um, and the Vultures and that from the second movie. They're just there because, again, they would be there because, again, a dinosaur would be like you'd have a master predator of all the dinosaurs that makes sense you'd have one there again if all these people are going to die in a giant flood you're going to have vultures you're going to have scavengers there it all makes sense they're just there they're not evil they're just predators and that's just why they're there so i don't count them but the second and third movie are just sort of natural disasters even the first movie in a way is just like a natural sort of disaster so it's nice to actually have a overarching villain like captain gut who's paid again fantastically by peter dinklage peter dinklage does a fantastic job in this role um he makes the character fun mischievous and um not oh, i wouldn't say scary for me obviously but obviously scary be a pirate be masterful be um savvy but also same stage be deadly be dangerous I think a pirate captain should be, you know, um, and he plays it so well. 
it did make me laugh at though at the same time is because I haven't heard Peter Dinklage's voice in any in animation or voiceover in a long time, um, and the last time I've heard his voice was when I played Destiny One, and he did the voice of Ghost, um, and he was I think he I think one the first or second expansion or maybe it was the Taken King expansion, I think his voice um, was replaced by I want to say Nolan North. Um, or another sort of well-known voice actor. Um, I can't remember as to why, um, but I remember I was a bit of a bummed out because I'd gone on such a long adventure with Peter Dinklage, or as I called it, and a lot of the Destiny community called him Dinklebutt. Um, I, I had a lot of adventures with him, and it was just sad to eventually, like, they just was like, that's it, we're not having Peter Dinklage anymore, we're, we're getting somebody else. And whoever's doing it now has done it all the way through Destiny 2 and all the new expansions for that um i still kept my my ghost shell my original ghost shell um in my inventory i still have it i haven't played destiny 2 in a very very long time um i'm not here to talk about destiny i'm just saying i still keep my dinkle butt and I, even though it's not saved as dinkle butt i still know it. let's keep it because i had such fun memories but it was nice to have those sort of memories come back of like, oh i remember playing destiny 2 and having peter dinklage shout with my ear like you've woken the hive you know i was like ah oh, memories love it nostalgia great um so yeah, a great band of sort of characters, great band of swashbucklers, a great band of pirates. Again, Peter Dinklage does a fantastic job as Captain Gup. Really like it, very fast paced, really sort of brings in the whole, not just pirate motif, but really gets the action going because you can tell this guy is dangerous. He's out for revenge. Um, he is a force to be reckoned with. So I quite like that. Um, one thing that I do want to mention, and I think I've mentioned this in the prior reviews as well, I can't remember because it's been a while since I've done them. Um, but I understand this series made crazy money. So obviously sequels were obvious because, again, where there's money, there is a sort where there's money, there's always something to be made from it, whether it be another, a new product, a new book, a new film, a new show, a new game. If there are people there who are willing to shovel money, there are obviously going to be people who want more of whatever it is they're paying for. So it makes sense that even though I don't like it, that these films kept going and they kept making them until they eventually stopped making money, which I think even Ice Age Collision, uh, which is the last movie, I think even that made money. Probably not as the others did, but I remember it making somewhat way in way of money. Um, but the point is I'm trying to make is the fact of they, they keep... One thing I've noticed after watching four of these films is at the end of each movie, they end it on such in such a way that it wraps up everything kind of like the end like for example the ending of this movie is the fact of they've defeated captain cut everybody um manny and his his wife and peaches and the rest of the herd and all the other people that had managed to escape sort of the continental shift are all on this ship and they find themselves going to this island which is tranquil peaceful and they sail off into the harbor and as they do it ends and then it cuts to sort of scrap and it ends nicely with scrap basically screaming to the camera after he has done all his, his, his mini adventure, his hijinks has ended as most Ice Age movies do. But just before you get to scrap, the movie ends as if that's it. It's like, ah, oh, our heroes have finally managed to find peace and serenity in each other and they go off and that's the end of the story. Obviously in hindsight, we know they don't. But this is the my issue with all of the Ice Age movies and the reason why I feel like I, I keep saying it and I've said it 
three times now, and I guess I'll keep saying it for this one and for the last one, is the fact of because they end these movies in, in the way they do, in at the end of the story, it pained me of like, well, why end it that way if you were just going to keep making them? You know, and why wrap it up nicely, perfectly, if you were just going to keep making films, but then end them the same? The end of Ice Age 1, Manny Diego said perfectly. I still say Ice Age 1 is a perfect movie. I love it. I have no issues with it. Um, it is my favourite of all the Ice Age films. But that ends perfectly because, again, they hand the baby back. I said this many times before, so I won't, I'll be brief about it. But, again, Manny has his sort of moment where he forgives the humans. Um, Sid finally gets the family he wants. And Diego gets the herd that he was looking for, the family, the pact, sort of what he was looking for all this time. Right? He gets it. It ends perfectly done. Ice Age 2 comes about. End of Ice Age 2. Uh, Manny finds... Another, another mammoth they get together life's good again diego realizes that he uh he can swim well not just he can swim but also that he's still a predator that he's still sort of being in a herd being in this group hasn't made him soft that he's still sort of an apex predator if he wants to be um and obviously sid is just sid but the point is it wraps up perfectly it wraps up all their arc all their arcing stories it you know, any sort of branching narratives all end right. And um, he leaves it with like, yeah, we can leave it here. Then they made the third movie, then this movie, then the last movie. And it's like, why keep ending it on such a note where all the threads are have been sort of come to an end, really? There's a bit more to kind of, there's no end credit scene. There's no sort of like, oh, we saved the day. And then the camera pulls back and then the overarching villain is there. And it's like, oh, I'll get you next time. You know, and then it ends. There's nothing like that that's there for it, like, gives you a reason for another one. And again, going back to what I said, I understand these this series made so much money. I just don't understand why end it in, in the way that they do if they were just going to keep making more. But then again, I'm not a businessman. These movies make money, so they're going to they, they were going to keep making them no matter how they ended them. But I, I like, I can respect Blue Sky Studios for being like, for, even though I've just complained about it, um, I understand, I can somewhat pull myself away, the reviewer side of me away, and I can probably understand where Blue Sky Studios are coming from, being like, we might never get another Ice Age movie after this. This movie might not do as well as the last one. So let's end it well, just in case. If it does end here, then... Again, this this I don't know this for sure. I'm just sort of trying to think outside the box here. But potentially it could have been the people like, this movie won't make as much as Ice Age 2 or Ice Age 1. So um, we will end it in such a way that if it is the end, then this could be the end of the series. Obviously, as we know, that didn't happen. They still make money. So again, more films come. Again, I don't know that for sure. I'm just guessing as to maybe that is to why. Um, that these films ended the way they did, um, but yeah, that I just wanted to to mention that because it's something I've noticed now after four times watching these films, after the fourth time watching these films, I'm starting to pick up sort of certain things here and there. Which, as you would as you go through a series, you start to notice things a lot more and pick them up. As you, if you was if you're watching them on their own randomly, then you wouldn't notice them as if you would if you was watching them in chronological order and reviewing them. So this thing I wanted to mention. Um, but my overall thoughts of Ice Age for Continental Drift is I liked it. 
I did. I enjoyed it. Um, it felt a bit short. Not that I wanted it to be long. It just felt a bit shorter. Now, maybe that is because there are so much action in it that it kind of gets to the point a lot quicker. That because you're in that pocket of action from basically from the beginning to the end, um, it's, it could be potentially the fact of because of that, it it is a long film. It just doesn't feel so long because you're enjoying yourself and that so much is happening and there's so many jokes and there's like beat after beat after beat so much so many scenes one after the other that potentially it's that fact of ah well you know um i'm enjoying it i'm having fun so by the time it ends it's like ah, oh, that didn't feel like it was going on that long at all um but i enjoyed it i would say probably i i enjoyed it a bit more than dawn of the dinosaurs now i still prefer dawn dawn of the dinosaurs because i like the dinosaur pirate side of it obviously um but again i love pirates as well but i like this movie a bit more because it gets into it a lot quicker you get into the action you get into the swashbuckling you get into the pirates you get into the whole continental drift everything just moves a lot quicker and maybe that was a criticism from the second from the third movie and the people at blue sky were like okay this for this movie we just gotta get into it no slowdown no mini adventure with sid Let's just get into it. Because, again, Pixar did it with Mater. Cars 1 came out. Um, Mater, again, my mum loved Mater. I love Mater. My mum loved him that much. She, had, she ended up going out to the shop and buying a little, uh, one of those little mini cars and then getting some blue tack and blue tacking it to the um, dash of her car so that as she drove around, she had little Mater. She loved it. Absolutely, man. She's watched, she loves uh, I said, uh, no, Cars 1 and she's watched it tons and tons of times. Just because of Mater, you know, it was a crowning achievement, crowning, crowning sort of glory for Pixar. They really struck gold with that character. And then they made Cars 2, which is a bag of dog turds. You know, it was a terrible film. And uh, they, they fixed it. They, they rectified the, the, the Cars uh, franchise with Cars 3. And I still class Cars 3 as the sequel to Cars 1. Um, I'm not here to talk about that movie, but the point is I'm trying to make here is the fact of... Um, Pixar themselves being big as themselves, they tried to capitalize on a character. And when they did so, it didn't work. And people didn't enjoy a good hour and a half of a bumbling character like Mater. Like Mater's fun in small uh, bursts. And Mater is fun when he's with a group of people. But on his own, he gets a bit annoying and a bit jarring. And that was my sort of takeaway from Sid's mini adventure is the fact of Sid's fun. I enjoy Sid. I like Sid. I'm not knocking Sid. Um, but I don't want a whole adventure of him. I wouldn't want a movie of like the Ice Age, Sid's Grand Adventure. I don't want it. I'll watch it because I'm curious. Um, but unless Sid has a like, unless Sid has a band of characters that sort of counteract his silliness, um, I I just feel like it'd be another Cars Two situation. And potentially that was what was going through Blue Sky Studios' heads of like, oh, Sid's a popular character. Let's have him have a mini sort of adventure in this one it didn't work didn't pan out and maybe that's why they changed it and went back to formula um with ice sage 4 was a fact of okay that whole mini sort of sub series thing that we tried to do didn't work let's just get into it with this one and it works perfectly that they really get into it really get going it's fun it's interesting yeah you know so overall i i i can recommend this one uh, I can recommend all the Ice Age movies, really. But if you had, if you were stuck on a plane and you had 
to watch either Dawn of the Dinosaurs or this one, I would say Dawn of the Dinosaurs, but skip the beginning <laughs> and just wait until they go underground to the dinosaurs. Um, but if you wanted something that you didn't have to skip, that you could watch from start to finish um, and you knew you were going to have a good time and you would have the action, then um, Ice Age Continental Drift would be obviously the the more better choice. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is the fact of, as I said in the introduction, this move, movie was made for 3D. Obviously, I didn't watch it in 3D, but you can tell that there are many scenes in this where they played for 3D. Now, 3D's never worked with me. I've, I've gone to cinema and watched 3D films. I've had 3D videos. My dad had a 3D TV. Um, I've tried it all. Either my eyes are broken or 3D doesn't work. I've just never been able to get the 3D effect ever never it's never like it's advertised where you where they advertise 3d and you're like whoa i've never had that I, I even went to go watch right they released i think it was um they re when they when they re-released um star wars the phantom menace in cinemas they released it in standard or they released it in uh 3d and me and my dad went to go see the 3D one, right? And I sat and I watched the whole of that movie in 3D because I thought it would be good. And obviously that movie wasn't made for 3D, so it didn't work. Um, but there were moments where I was just like, why did they do this? <laughs> why? Um, another little bit of a side quest for you there. But the point is I'm trying to make is the fact that you can notice the 3D elements that they try to do. Um, but again, you don't need a 3D movie or 3D version to enjoy it. It's just the fact that you can play, you can tell they played more to the 3D. Um, but either way, it's a still a fun film. Um, and I think you still enjoy it. And if you have kids, these kids will still enjoy it. I am just a nerdy adult and I like to nitpick uh, old animated movies. Um, so don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, don't take me seriously. I like to have fun and I just go a bit deeper than I should do with these films. Um, but again, that's been my thoughts and feelings on Ice Age 4 Continental Drift. Um, hope you liked them. Hope you enjoyed them. Uh, if you would like to hear more from me, then you can find the Nerd Stagit podcast basically everywhere and anywhere um, you can find podcasts, really. The only place you can't find me is Apple Podcasts currently. Um, you can also find the Nerd Sergeant podcast on YouTube. Uh, if you're currently listening on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and all that jazz. It helps me immensely. Uh, make sure you ring that bell as well. Just type in the Nerd Sergeant podcast into YouTube, and uh, you'll find me there. Also, if you listen to this on Spotify, don't forget to give a, a star rating, please. It helps me out immensely. Um, you can have a choice between one to five stars. Whatever you feel like is fair. Whatever you choose, help help me out greatly. Um, and uh, yeah, so I have been your host, Luke the Human. You've been listening to the Nerd Stagic Podcast. I appreciate you all so, so greatly. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye, bye, beans. <laughs>